Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Safe Space. I'm so excited because we have a lot more people here uh, today than we've had in the last couple of episodes. Uh, so if we can just have everybody kind of go around and just say hi on the mic, and I would really appreciate it. Just say hi. Hello. And who you are. Okay, I'm Marcus. Well, thanks, Marcus. We know who you are. So just go around and just... Hi, I'm Amanda. Thanks, Amanda, for coming. Carl, get it, in the, get it in there, Carl. Um, hello, my name's Carl. Um, guys, I'm really excited Carl, too, because I harass Carl like it's nobody's business. What's up, Hi, my name's Lee. Hi, it's Leslie. And we got us joining <laughs> via Zoom. Hi, it's Carissa. So uh, thank you guys. Thank you guys for, again for coming for another episode. I always appreciate when I see everybody's here and it, you know, coming again for another conversation. Um, so kind of let's do, let's do kind of a quick check-in. How's everybody? How's everybody's week? Uh, so who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. Okay. All right. So my week is good now. I'm relieved because the cycle is about to be over and I'm I'm done. I'm like I'm tired, but for some classes I have to like text my teachers about some assignments and stuff like that. But other than that, I'm good. Yeah. All right, all right, that's good. Anybody else want to talk about like what's going on? Do you guys want to talk about anything particular? What's going on in the world? What's going on? I'm chilling. Free girl, we chilling. I'm just happy that this episode free doesn't have any mic issues. Because when I was editing last week's episode, all I kept hearing was like things hitting the floor, and I was like, I don't know how to. So I'm just gonna keep trying to try to minimize the sound. So, but great, like always, oh, like glad to hear. Um, does anyone want to talk about anything particular? This, you know, been a crazy couple of weeks. Um, Thanksgiving is coming up. Just want to say. Oh yeah, is anybody doing anything exciting for Thanksgiving? Oh, I'm having a Friendsgiving on the twenty second. I love Friendsgiving. Good. Well, my grandma's bringing like a ton of food, so I'm gonna bring it to Blessing's house, and then we're all gonna just stay at Blessing's house and eat all that food and just watch K-pop, K-dramas. Yeah, I feel like this is something every single time my mom takes these people. When can we come over? When can I see Tendi- your mom? Technically, I'm also bringing food, so it's oh, so the you bringing food is a new development. I swear they come to my house for my mom, not even me. They come to eat her food. She's just, she's a side character. This is why I stole her <laughs> Um, Bree, for those of us who don't know, can you explain what Friendsgiving is? Something, Carissa. 
I am feeling energized and very hopeful for this week. I don't know. I just have this burst of energy, and I'm grateful for it. And so, yeah, I'm pretty good. I can see. I you you got a little bit more like pep to your step this week, which is really exciting because you know it seemed like you were not enough self care, like you said a couple weeks ago. How's uh how's college been? It's been a journey. Uh, uh, the school is currently doing like the survey whether they want to do no pass or fail or whatever, and I'm all for that. Whatever makes your transition much more easier, I'd appreciate that. And so I'm just in for the journey and for the long run, and I'm excited to see where this will go. I'm super excited for you. That's like you know, big steps, big places. So, uh, as per your request of last week, we made this last week's topic into a two-part episode. So, can you kind of introduce our topic and why you felt like this needed to be a two-part episode? Definitely. Uh, I feel that we didn't get to cover much last time. I don't know. It just felt kind of like it was cut short. And this is something that is very important and it's very prevalent. And it's something that not enough attention is brought to. So I thought that this was a perfect medium to like just share and uh, enlighten people about this very important issue. Um, I want to add on to what Carissa said. The re- reason I believe that this should be a part two because we need to talk about like the different types of gun violences that occurs on like our like country village and everywhere because like we talk about drive-bys like keep people shooting people like in the drive-by and all that we didn't get to discuss about that last time so i think we should like get more in depth into the topic of gun violence yeah yeah it's a really in-depth conversation so we're talking about gun violence as marcus you said and carissa can you talk a little bit more about it Yes, definitely. So as we covered uh, last week, we discussed like the statistics and stuff that were going on. We even tied it onto our own school and our own community. And yeah, I thought we could expound more on how this particularly affects teenagers. We can go broad if you want, but specifically our community, or school, everything that has to do with us and let our voice be heard. I agree. So let's open up the floor to our guests. Let's talk about guns, gun violence, gun permits, gun. What do we, let's start somewhere. Wait, before we do that, I have a question for all of y'all. Okay. So we have been having world's wars during like our timeline. Do y'all believe that's like a type of gun violence or not? And do you think that's right? Wars, like yeah, wars okay. between like. I see where, okay, I see where you're going. Um, I don't think it's but like if you we're having wars it is really violent a lot of people die first of all then what our average gun violence occurs in we have like thousands of soldiers dying for like it just come calls for like different um rights to be pledged or any of that nature. So why do you don't think it's gun violence? That's what I don't understand, Carl. You know, you wanna know why I don't think it's gun violence? Yeah. Because it's more of the organized crime and government itself, not on the people. 
having all these higher authorities having wars on different things that some people might not agree of so what i'm trying to say is like we're having i believe it's a type of gun violence because just because we have like higher ups saying that oh yeah we have to like go to war just because of this we don't agree with these specific terms or anything it's not fair for like fair for us to say like oh that's not a type of gun violence just to like unreflect that to just say I think that you're putting those two together because they have the same common theme, which is guns. But the reason why war wouldn't be considered gun violence is because, like Kyle said, it's more organized. Gun violence is when you misuse guns. During war, you're supposed to use guns to shoot down your enemy. So technically, it wouldn't exactly be gun violence. Uh, My words. guns but for gun violence that's more against a person versus a person and they're misusing the gun but during war you know that's what you're supposed to do the point of war is to try to overpower the other side so it wouldn't technically be gun violence because with countries and you know money and power there will always be wars There's, there's so many aspects to war that we can break apart. But I think what, and I could be wrong, Marcus. You no, you're, wrong. you're right. You're totally right. Um, I think what he's trying to get at is if we look at the core of it, though, what do we have? The same factor is, is that we had guns and, and we're and shooting we have people. So I think that's where you are going. With that yeah, direction. that's where I'm trying to go with that. Like, at, if we just look at the actual, like, let's take away the big. The big stuff around it, let's just look at what's at the core of it. So what do we do with that? Obviously we can't you know, in wars people don't throw like flowers at each other and be like, you know. I mean that's what I was kinda of, like thinking, how like you wanna use like swords and shields, like instead of weapons in general, like guns. But you know, it's funny though, because back in medieval times that would you know, people imagine these big wars, um, 
with like all these uh, boulders and these big like metal things. Only one or two of them needs to die. Believe it or not. Yeah, you have to really look into the history of it. It's insane because of all that. Carl's looking at me like I'm gonna have to fact check the crap out of her later. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yes, were there some massive wars? Yes. But, like, you know, if, let's say, I wanted to come towards, like, your land and I bring my army, most of the time, it was a lot of people just standing around staring at each other. You know? But when it comes to war, we will always upgrade. You know? Of course! But I think it's... I personally think that guns shouldn't be allowed to just people because the only reason why guns were allowed was because we were just only 13 states back then. So there was this whole country full of unknown people. That's why we had a right to carry our guns to protect ourselves. Yeah. Um, I actually disagree. The reason why we have more people that they are armed or they are armed is because of the fact that they were, they were under constant threat of invaders. Well, like the British, we had to. Most of like the states they don't have their own organized militia, so the people for the militia. That's the same thing I said. Yeah, well I get what you're saying. So like yeah, the Second Amendment says, you know, it's you know, it gets called to are you gonna you know, if my country falls upon me, will I come to protect it? Do you guys so let's talk about that second amendment. Do you guys think that that's used too loosely? Yes. But, um, the Second Amendment? The Second Amendment. Yeah, it's used too loosely now. I don't think no one should really have guns, per se, because they're using for their own, you know, abuse. Like, during the whole Black Lives Matter protest, a lot of white supremacists were mad, so they said if they ever saw a peaceful protest, and even if they stepped near their land, but not on it, they used their guns. Like, there was a video of this white man, he was just shooting a bunch of innocent people, and the police were helping him. Yeah, it, I, well, I know that there were conflicts that were using the boy that was being But, you know, but going back, it's like, it's, I don't know, it's like the, seventh, the Second Amendment. It's, the intention was to, uh, you have the right to bear arms, because if my, if your country was to call upon you, um, you would come to serve. And that's what a lot of people, and I'm, I'm supporting what you're saying, but you know, I'm just saying that also, like, you know, people hide behind, but they use the Second Amendment to say, well, that's why I need to bear arms. I have the right to protect myself. Yes, but there's more to the Second than the Constitution. Yeah, I don't think like in today's society, guns is like something that we definitely don't need because it's just that. Is really an abuse of power, and people don't use it to protect themselves anymore. They use it for petty arguments because they don't know how to control their own anger. Yeah. And I don't think that cops should carry guns while they're dealing with, like, minor threats because there's no reason to do that, like, for stealing. And let's say that we lived in a country where there were no guns, and the police came onto a report for stealing. Why would they need guns? When they had, like, you know, tasers or, you know, right. stuff like that to calm them down. But guns is something that's just you're escalating the situation. That's not what cops are there for. They're there to 
de-escalate the situation. And it's proven that if you point a gun at someone, they're obviously going to overreact because their life's in danger and their, um, what's it called? Their flight or fight response is going to kick in. Oh, you think he might have some really good fights? Wow. So, I do love guns, um, to say right now. Uh, but, think about it like this. Guns are not all about violence. Uh, guns can be stretch leaders, too. That's why we have shooting ranges. For learning how to control a gun and also to release some stress. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be to kill. Uh, you can always to injure and save some other people. By just disarming someone. So think about it in those types of situations. Well, yeah. I I do consider those type of situations because shooting mages are somewhat therapeutic to certain people. And if they were to have shooting mages, they should have like really they should have like a lot of rules in place to prevent any mistakes happening. And personally I think that in my view, I don't think America needs guns so loosely like because if we just went through a country without any guns and the police test didn't have a right to carry their guns for, you know, minor occasions when they're called, I feel like that would be a way better response rather than this person has a gun, this other person has, like, a ton of guns and they're walking around. Because some people use it correctly, but some people don't. And you don't want to have that little half and half because lives will be in danger if it goes in the wrong hands. Right. And some people don't take care of their guns. Because I know, like, some of my family members, they do have guns. And, like, they place it loosely. And there's children running around and stuff. And it's, you know, a big neighborhood. So if they were to take those guns and they would start playing with them, their lives would be in danger and other lives would be in danger. Yeah. So if we were to have guns, I feel like we should start enforcing more rules. Right. Or just not have guns whatsoever unless it's absolutely necessary yeah. or needed. Any thoughts, bottles? Definitely. So to tie into that, uh, I remember I think it was uh, someone pointed out about threats between a different country and like with the wars and stuff like that. Now, when it comes to threats, we know that. Or school in particular has experienced some threats. And so far, I only know of like two situations, and I believe the school could have handled it better. So, can you give your opinion? Like, how did it make you feel? What suggestions could you give to solve that issue? I, w- I would say inform the students, keep like, like, even where our lockdowns and stuff like that, uh, it's like really like, we we really don't know what's going on, or like I can shoot. We really don't know what's going on, so immediately you panic and fear. It'd be better if we are a little bit more better informed of what's actually going on with the situation. Yeah, you guys are actually interesting stuff before we start the podcast. Um, your generation, generation, generations to come, you guys are considered generation lockdown for your schools. What do you guys think about that? Oh, you got real close to the mic because I know you wanted to say something. Go ahead. I'm just like trying to gather my thoughts. Um, generation lockdown at first sounds like a cool name, but I see what you mean. Like the constant threat of violence in schools, using firearms, 
I guess we're going down to the root of the problem, which is who's having access to guns and are the background checks, are they effective, and how easy is it for somebody able to get a gun? Not necessarily the gun themselves, but the policies in place to prevent those happening from happening. Usually, usually, the reason for a lot of school shooters is either bullying or feeling misunderstood mm-hmm. or not the feeling to talk to anybody. And purchasing a gun or getting a gun is surprisingly easy if you have family members who are gun owners. And if you know where they are and you can sneak into it, that will also, you know, be easy. And I feel like the reason we're called Generation Lockdown is because we're just... Because guns do play a factor in it, and guns aren't bad, people are. But the reason why people are shooting stuff and everything, you no know, shooting schools and shooting innocent people is because the anger they have within. And I feel like they think that shooting people and ending lives would be therapeutic to them, but it's not because gun just never really has a sweet taste at the end. Like, it has a sweet taste, but it has a bitter aftertaste. Okay. So I feel like I don't think America needs guns, especially now, because we're also generation lockdown, but we're also, like, the, like, kids today are extremely depressed, have anxiety, anger issues, plus the dirt, and having guns will not help that case whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at it, and it was explaining that, um, you know, that the way safety procedures is, is that, you know, it's all lockdown. It's all that's being forced into you, into your guys' generation is like, this is how we handle it. We put you guys in a lockdown. How do you guys think about that? That's a horrible, horrible idea because of many reasons. You never know because they only prepare for what they think are going to happen, but they never prepare for the unexpected. They just tell us to be quiet and hide in the corner. What if the school shooter ends up opening the door? Because it is during school. And I'm pretty sure they have common sense. If it's in, like, 10.30 in the morning, they know we're in school. They know what we're doing because they're in school. They were taught the same thing. So you're not going to knock on the door and wait for us to open it. That's a horrible idea. They're going to knock down the door and start shooting, but they never give us or tell us what we should do then. Like, they should tell us, you know, what to do if the school shooter comes in, you know, with defense tactics. Like, my elementary school they taught us like um we were we had to take mandatory defense classes so we can protect ourselves because the area i lived in they had a lot of kidnappings in there and if school shootings were ever to happen or if anything that sort was to happen where our lives would be put in danger we would have tactics to learn we would use our you know the areas around us the books the tables anything to protect ourselves you know we would have buddies and stuff that's actually a good thing because you're preparing for the unexpected so instead of us just because think about it they're coming through the door you're hiding in a corner you're all bunched up the school shooter bust opens the door they see you and they start shooting directly at you and if you're at the corner there's nowhere to run you know i feel like a good thing would be like to hide next to the door so when they come in there, boom, chip them, jump yeah. on him, take the gun, something like that. Right. Rather Beat than them just, with numbers. Rather, numbers. Than, rather than just sitting in the corner and waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Uh, Carl, or Isaiah, it looks like you guys wanted to say something. Get in there. 
I mean, honestly, I was just all I was about to say is like, yeah, man, I agree. It's funny because last podcast we did talk about that. Yeah. I brought up the uh, same exact thing about like being huddled in the corner and just waiting for something to happen. Like they never really taught us anything, you know, just in case that that does happen. Yes. Yeah. I'm just. Yeah, cause like all they do is be like lock down, lock down, and then after the, after that we just wait. We're still waiting. We're still waiting. We're still waiting. Oh, we're reminder. We're still on lockdown. We're still on lockdown. No information at that sort. And then once the lockdown's over, all clear, all clear. And I'm like, okay. And then when they have these lockdowns where we just sit in our desk and do our work and they're saying someone intrude the building, I'm like, what? So we're still doing our work. Someone's in the building and all we do is just close the lights in the door. So we're, we're just, okay, we're just having, it's like, they, they, um, they don't like really think because we're just in the classroom doing our work, acting like it's a regular day, but someone's in the school and we don't know what that person's doing. So it's like, what? What are we doing? What? Why are we doing our work right now when someone's in the building that can harm one of us or something? Which is always, I'm, it's like, every time like we have these lockdowns, all, all of it, it's like, I don't understand the point of the rules that they made most of the time because a lot of us can be in danger. And then what you're going to tell to the parent after one of us dies, you, you're not, you're going to be like, oh, we're going to take responsibility. What are you going to take responsibility for? The kid's dead. What are we yeah. supposed to do? Definitely. To add on to that, uh, this school doesn't prepare unless something actually happens. With every situation where we had to be in lockdown, there was literally an actual threat. And they didn't act upon it uh, before. Like We didn't practice before. It just happens when there's a threat there. And when it happens, teachers are so unaware. Like They're not prepared. They're frantic also. Like everyone is frantic, and so it just makes the situation ten times worse. And preparation is extremely important, and I believe that is something that the school should be enforcing. Okay. Um, I would say what I was talking about was probably change issues with the system. But how do you plan to not change the better? Yes. What are what can be the solution? So we can do by reinforcing, like getting like Bluetooth doors and stuff like that, um, and the better training for teachers and students, regardless. Um, that is gonna fall on the community to actually give us money to for training, and I say training every at least month or twice a month. That'd be perfectly fine for the school, so we can be prepared and better understand the situations that could come. So that's my two cents on it. What do you mean by training? So, like how Mandy said before, um, hand-to-hand combat training uh, will have better understanding and, like, uh, so people won't be so fra- scared or frantic, like, emotional training, mental training, and stuff like that, just for stuff that's going on. Because yeah. this takes a mental toll on a lot of people. Of course. So, I'm going to throw out this to the group is... Which I, I agree, self-defense is always the best defense. Um, but do you think reacting violence on violence is the best answer? 
for me, no, because like I think what we need to like learn more of is like more like um safety tactics of like escaping different places depending on like if you're like on a different floor of building where should you go where should you hide places where you can like be safe but i don't think we should always like use violence to like solve our problems so i think i'm a little off with the hand-to-hand combat training because like i don't think um um a lot of kids would like to participate in that event Right. There might be some kids that want to participate in the event, but I don't think everybody will look you. You know what? I have a wonderful idea for that. We can just make it fun because one thing about kids, they won't take a lockdown seriously because you're just sitting in a corner and they're kids. They're obviously going to want to talk. They don't take it serious. But if you enforce a little bit of fun yeah. while teaching them, you can be teaching them and they can be clueless, but they'll still have it. Because you're doing self defense, it's like a one on one thing. Okay. So, you know, you get to practice, you get to try it with your friends, you know, you're laughing, you're giggling, you're having fun, but at the end of the day, you're still learning what you need to do. And the thing is that you're not enforcing wellness on violence, you're protecting yourself against others. You don't have to exactly punch and kick. You know, self defense classes helps you, you know, tame them or put them in like a lockdown position where they can't get up or take their gun. And, you know, Tie them up or whatever. Yeah. Like, I feel like a teacher, like, it sounds pretty bizarre, but I feel like just in case anything happens, the teacher has some rope, some duct tape, or anything just to. <laughs> that sounds more like a kidnap, but. Because <laughs> if the shooter comes in there and, you know, you end up taking their gun away from them, you're going to have to end up tying their wrist. Because they're going to obviously squirm. So. So, oh. Okay. I see what you're saying. Uh, do the girls in the corner have anything they would like to say? Um, um, all right, so, but my thing is, okay, so, I mean, I hear a lot of defensive moves, but, like, how do we go on the offense move, though? Uh, I have some tips. Uh, so, the first ever threat that I've, like, experienced, uh, so, it was just this one day, it was very gloomy, I can remember that. And, uh, like, everyone was checking their phones. So, apparently, someone passed out a message on social media that they were going to come and shoot up the school the following day. And uh, so, everyone was uh, was telling each other, be safe, uh, stay safe, stuff like that. Everyone was scared out of their minds. And I don't think I had social media then, so I was totally unaware. The next day, I showed up to school. The school was, like, empty. Barely any students came. And the principal was aware of this, but nothing was said. And that was putting students in danger. And so uh, students knew about this. The principal knew. Everyone was aware. And the fact that nothing was done about it is what surprises me. And to give solutions to that, I think that teachers should have walkie-talkie systems so they can communicate like the security guards. I don't know. Maybe that can be effective somewhat so that they're informed. And I think there should be like a safe environment so that students feel comfortable telling authorities what is going on within the school so they can prevent anything before it happens. Um, also, we should add like health kits to our classes. Like each and every class should have a health kit just in case if someone gets injured or something. Cause I don't think all of our classes have that. 
to be honest. Yeah. Y'all, y'all at UMS used to get hurt a yeah. lot and used to come into like the map office and it'd be mm-hmm. like, That's a good number of times, Isaiah. I would say that he, Marcus is right. I if you have a if you're in the lockdown, you're gonna go to the nurse office, Isaiah. Oh, you're talking about the lockdown. Oh, you're gonna uh, you you're, you're Marcus, gonna risk your life. How about first aid? Like teachers should know first aid off the bat. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, Nick, you're totally right. Yeah. What about more mental health services for school? Oh, I'll check those. They're snitches. Point blank period. Okay. So, okay, I, I can understand. Um, guidance counselors, they're, they're just there to help you with your grades. They don't really have a lot in school to help you with your mental health or someone to really go talk to. Obviously, when you try to talk to your guidance counselor, it's hard to even go talk to them because they're super busy. So if you actually have a problem you want to talk out, it's really hard to find anybody. Yeah. Okay. But and so you don't think like having a like a a like a mental health services of like a place to kind of identify needs and you know for students that might be feeling or training for teachers fully their mental health for students to help identify students that might be struggling. But like school-wise, yes, and the significant toll on them. Yes, that might lead them to bring a weapon. Um, they shared the thing about that is that a lot of the depressed people, people with like anxiety or like mental issues, they won't, you know, will need to go to people. They have to be pushed because a right. lot of them think they can handle it by themselves. Right. So they keep it closed and they won't share that information with others. That's why I'm saying, do you think teachers and administration should go through training, like mental health training? Um, it could. It depends. Like, if you don't like that teacher and then if you just go after that mental health training, I don't think you're going to go to that specific teacher. And me, I used to be not a really trusty person. So I don't literally, I used to not trust any of my teachers, to be honest. But Marcus, think about it like this, right? What happens to a teacher is just like, obviously you don't trust the teacher or anything, but they see that student going down a dark path or something like that. That training can definitely help save a life. You're right. Totally right. Blessing's running. Go ahead, <laughs> she blessing. popped out of nowhere. So I know this has got to be good. Go ahead, Blessing. Um, I feel like most teachers, let's be honest, mental health training isn't going to help them. Because there are some teachers who just aren't meant to deal with mental health issues. Or who just aren't meant to deal with kids in general. Coming from a person who has experience with that, I'm going to mention the name. And also, me being a very blunt person and coming straight up in how I feel. I feel like certain teachers would be good for mental health, but then there are some teachers who just need to tell somebody else to do it. 
Yeah. Well, like Nick said, though, like just maybe playing as a, like as a observer, like as an identifier. Manta is like and itching. Also, the kids up. Yeah. They should not. I don't think they should go through the process of the whole um, talking to the kid, or but at least have the knowledge to know when someone's in trouble. Right. But not. To the point where, oh, you're gonna try to talk to them about it because if the kid doesn't trust you, you're not gonna say anything. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with blessing because students they won't talk to teachers that they don't really have a connection with, and you don't want to force to talk to them because it's gonna add more stress. If you see a kid that's in stress, maybe just be a little nicer, okay. give them a piece of candy. Kids go crazy for candy. Um, you know, give no, don't give too much work on them. Don't stress themselves if you see the kids you know sad all the time don't yell at them you know be as nice as possible you know just try to add as much positivity as you can in that short class got it but don't force you know don't force it because then they're gonna feel you know really crazy and the thing is that you don't want to point out the kid you just want to um maybe the best way to be like if you see a kid stressing out, maybe just address the whole class about it rather than just picking that kid after school so you don't feel like any type of way, you know? Yeah. Give them that option as a class. Okay, so what I wanted to say was like... Right, Marcus. Um, okay, the one problem that we also have with the school is that, okay, these teachers are having all of these meetings, right? And I don't see no improvement for our school so far. Okay. So I think that they should like cut time, cut down the amount of meetings teacher have daily like have more time for students to interact with the with the i mean teachers interact with the students because then they will have a better connection with the students which mean they can talk about these health issues instead of you just giving meetings that like i don't know we don't even know what you're discussing about you're just discussing about like the grade book and all of that which is like it's already crazy right now and everything is not getting fixed or anything some things are getting fixed but there's still a lot of issues that needs to be solved. So I think that with giving like teachers more time to like, to like interact with their students, plus, plus first they're having meets that takes hours to do. Plus they're going to have to grade work from different class, different classrooms, like something that I could never do. Like, it's like they have to grade a hundred above a hundred students each like and then like the great the work that we get is like multiple questions so they have to review each question grade them in the google classroom rate them in the grade book do attendance all of that go to um even we have to go to tutoring sessions they got yeah. they're gonna have to stay in tutoring sessions waiting for students to get help with their work and it's like i think that's a little bit too much for like a average teacher to deal with in a daily like notice yeah. And like, I think they need to change. And plus, some teachers have to like do, um, clubs and stuff like football and all of that. So like, so their schedule is busy. Their schedule is so busy. I think some of it should be cut down to like the point where we can like deal with our like mental issues and all of that. No, you make really good points. You can make really, uh, good points. Can I tell you that I know that I'm like in a different generation because all of you are on your cell phones. I literally looked up as Mark was talking, and literally, no, 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 Carl, if you were guilty at one point. I'm sorry. 
I literally looked up and I was like, I looked at the screen and I was like, cell phone, cell phone. And then I looked over, I went, cell phone, cell phone, cell phone, cell phone, cell phone. And I was like, I was like, I'm in a whole different generation. Um, well, he's like, I don't have a cell phone. So, thanks, Nick. That makes me feel a little bit better. Chris is like, nope, nope, nope. I was writing notes. Nope, okay, nope. so the Zoom kids are not guilty. I'm not guilty. You were not guilty because you were talking. In my defense. In my defense. In my defense. In my defense. Let's hear. He's lying. He was texting. He's lying. He was texting. He's going to Instagram. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, let's continue the conversation. Okay, guys. Um, what um what Marcus just said? I'm not gonna lie. When we was in school, we had it was totally different. Like we had meetings with Mr. Dennis and stuff like that every now and then. Instead of the boring teaching meetings every now and then, we did have. I know Carissa. She had the uh, tutoring with National Iron Society. Stuff like that in the morning and afternoon, but now you don't. We, we can't really get that support. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna let Carl say what he needs to say, and then I'm gonna move the topic on. Do you have something you wanna end the topic with? No, I was gonna say terms of like having teachers learn mental health strategies and stuff like that. It's more of a topic of quantity, quality over quantity. So. Instead of looking to hire as much teachers to replace the building need for students, mm-hmm. we should focus on hiring skilled or trained teachers. Okay, yes. That would um, better improve student you know, education, how students learn in the environment, or how students are received throughout the building. Because if they don't, if those little teachers don't care, most of them don't, they just get to reject all their experience, and students themselves will um, get negative feedback or just won't respond. Yeah. No, I, no you make a really good point. Um, so let's, I'm going to move on to still within the gun violence, but let's talk about gun violence within the community. What is that like? And how do we handle that? Within our communities, within our... It's more or less self-hatred, because you hate to see, they're hating to see somebody else succeed. So, say, if they're envious or jealous, violence towards another is just the greed of having what they have and I think the best way to handle that would be providing them the same opportunity that they would get when they were a kid. Okay. So what about gun violence though within the community? Alright. So from my experience right BMXing at like eight AM, one AM, three AM and stuff like that. Where where um, are you going at one AM? Oh, I'm just practicing my BMX tricks. Okay, well all right. Roads are clear. Um, well, obviously it's 1 a.m. <laughs> um, but gun violence is still like it's a night, it's like a night and day thing, um, especially over here in Chancellor. Uh, cops are always posted up. I feel like it should be better policing because even one time someone threatened to rob me with a gun, and it took about what 45 minutes before a cop can actually come over here to my house and try to uh, actually help me out. At that point, the guy was already won. I'm wow. like, okay. That was an, an, an scary experience. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know, I feel like if we had better policing in Irvington, 
more strict like police force that goes around at night and stuff like that, um, we can definitely lower gun violence in urban areas. What do you guys think? I honestly agree with the like patrolling and police just showing up like here again, yeah, here and now and again, especially at night. Um, with gun violence, like like I was saying earlier, drive-bys, um, yeah. gangs shooting each other, like in front of people's houses in the morning or out or at night, and it's like a lot of people don't get caught with like gun violence and all of that, and. Like Nick was saying, we need a better police force to deal with these types of situations to make, to like show people that we're not playing. Like, you're going to get caught if you commit these bad decisions and we need people to like really ref- like think and reflect on the different like decisions they make when having a gun and using it. And also with gun violence, I'm talking, I also want to talk about like, if you have like a police officer who shoots someone, like just shot someone, and then you have like a citizen that shot the police officer, what you, what do you think the outcome would be in that type of like situation or anything? Oh, here you go. Like if like the difference between if a police officer wrongly shot a person. Yeah, and then like if a civilian. Well, it really depends on the person because there are, you know, some people who are privileged, some people who have connections. So it honestly depends on who the person is. But if it was a regular minority who followed the basic statistics of like an average black man, right, he would probably go to jail. Yeah. And also, like, I need the mic. Also, like when gun violence occur, I think like also police needs to look out if people are like not feeling well or something because people might have like mental like problems, not like like real bad mental problems, like having they like s- serious mental illnesses. Yeah, and like, it might be off their medication. Yeah, and they're they're like scared and freaked out, and they might pass out or something, and you're like holding a gun right in front of them, so. I think, like, police officers should, like, take note of, like, those type of situations. Actually, I have a story about that. This man, he was at a shop, and I think he was having a mental breakdown, and he wasn't right in the head. So the cops came, and the first thing they did was point a gun at him and tell him to put, you know, whatever he had in his hands down. But he wasn't responding to them because he was, like, having a whole breakdown right there and then. So he was trying to talk to someone, communicate, and he was like walking back and forth and stuff to calm himself down. The police officer was was basically escalating the situation, and he shot him. So he ran, and he fell, and then the police officer tased him, then cuffed him. And by the time that you know the EMTs arrived, he was dead. But they didn't take any responsibility for that, even though he was obviously showing signs of mental illnesses, and it was. Multiple, multiple, multiple ways they could have de escalated that situation. And also, like, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, so I was gonna say, Marcus, and I got a question, right? Mm-hmm. So, what happened? I know it's two different consequences when a police officer shoots a civilian by accident or anything, they get suspended. That's really it, right? When a civilian shoots a police officer, they get life in jail, man. 
Do you think that should be changed? Yeah, I really, yeah, I think that should really just get changed because you killed a civilian and their family members and all of that has to deal with that mental process of like facing reality of that person being dead and the person who killed them just getting a just suspension out of prison. And, I mean, suspension out of their job. And like, I don't think that's enough to like repent for all of the th the thing that you did because you shot a person. A person that maybe was not even armed with anything or like because there's different situations when like i feel it's unfair when a police officer just comes in and just point their gun at someone that doesn't even have like a weapon on them and then like when when people are in, in the car they just like put your hands up just have the gun right in front of you right in your right on your head ready to get ready to load right in your face and it's like it's really hard and threatening for just to like witness having a police officer just sh showing the gun right in front of you. You're right there near the gun, and you can. And that police officer is like they're controlling your fate if you die or live. So I think it's like really unfair in certain situations to police for police officers to hold them. The person said, um, "Officers or officers aren't above the law." Right, Chris? Is that what you just said? Definitely. Uh, a lot of cops feel that because they are the ones uh, carrying out the law, like ensuring they're enforced, that they're above it, which is why there are a lot of there's a lot of corruption within the police force and like higher authorities in general, and that is something that is institutional and it needs reform immediately, honestly. Yeah, because officers, when they use gun, they use it basically for fear. And that's the one thing that's fully wrong about that. They think that it's the escalating situation when it's doing the exact opposite. You're enforcing fear and you're sparking fear to that person so they can, you know, listen to you. So they can treat you like this whole, I don't, even know, I don't know the word for it, but basically treat you like you're the higher up. Officers, their job is just to make sure people are following the rules, but they don't do that. What they do instead is make them make people think that they're above the law, that they're scared because they think if they make people scared, they can get with, away with anything they want. And the thing is that when a person accidentally shoots a cop, that cop obviously has connections with other cops, you know, with lawyers too, because they all work together under the same branch. So that was to happen, they would obviously have some type of tie-in. And one rule about cops is that you can't work in the investigation where you have a personal tie to because you're automatically going to be basic. And the thing is that when you're choosing a cop's punishment, it's his friends, it's his or her friends, their allies, right. and stuff like that. I think that it should be taken by another group, someone that they don't know, so we can get a fair judgment and a fair sentence to whatever they did. Yeah, and also, like, in a good amount of situations, a lot of cop districts try to cover up the different things that they yeah. do, which is unfair. Uh, Carl, I know you've been itching to say something. Oh, yeah. Um, so let's like, go back to why you should exercise your right to vote. Yes. About, don't focus on the league unless you make a federal like, election. There's a lot of local elections. Like, you usually have a Senate election in the House, representing and like, just mayors and the town council members. Starts off with like a small basis of changing the politics of who represents you people because if you're not focusing on who you're electing, then they're going to have the power to 
And to add on to that, a lot of people don't even know about the other two branches in government. They think that the president does everything, which is highly untrue. Right. The um, Supreme Court, Congress, they also play a major part in what's happening. And Trump has done a bunch of bad things, but you can't blame everything on Trump. You're asking Trump to fix this and fix that, but it's not in his jurisdiction. You're going at the wrong people. And then you don't vote. You only vote for the president. And then you have all these corrupt people getting in there because the smart people who want, you know, who want things that want to be done for them, yeah. they vote. And not yeah. a lot of people know about that, so there's not a lot of votes. That's how a lot of things are giving away. That's why food stamps and, you know, cops not rightfully being in prison is because of the other people in office that we just choose to turn a blind eye to. So you always have to remember to vote for everyone. Do your history, do your research, and everything before you vote. Right. So, um, Kristen, did you have something to say before? Yeah, uh, I know we're about to close out, but I don't feel we completely covered this unless I just bring up this one point. Okay. To to, um, add on to what Carl said, I don't think the only reason that gun violence is prevalent within our community is because of um, jealousy. I think it's also people don't know how to resolve conflicts easily. They're dependent on power, and to them, the gun is their power. And to add on to that, um, there's been an incident where a student from the school was killed right by the school, my friend. And I don't think anything was any ever resolved from it. Uh, the only time the school really provided mental health services was right after that specific incident. And then after that, it's like nothing ever happened. And as you guys said, it definitely needs to be regulated because this issue is not going to stop unless we do something about it. And yeah, I just wanted to end off with that. And I would love your suggestions and everything, but great conversation. Always a great conversation. Um... Yeah, so as you can tell, we are actually going to have to start wrapping this up. Um, and if people have more they want to talk about and they want us to hear about, then, you know, they can definitely put it out onto our website um, at www.themonisafespace.com. There's a section where you guys can put in your thoughts, your comments, your feelings about anything that we talk about or just any feelings in general. Just throw it out there. We want to hear it. Um, and if you want us to share it on the podcast, there's a little box on the bottom that says, yes, we share. So please do share about it. So we're going to wrap it up with some last minute thoughts and Marcus. Thank you for listening. And (laughs) just make sure that when, if you ever choose to like use your second amendment to bear arms and everything, just to make sure to make the right decisions and always Look out for any, like, just make sure, like, you just, you like, ah, how do I explain this? Hold on. Give me, give me like. <laughs> All right. Just make sure that when you, when you have a gun, use it, use it correctly and efficiently. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, all about responsibility and things that order because you don't want to learn public famous um, firearm owners because I know a bunch of firearm owners who are very respectful and honorable in their work. And it's all about setting standards and not being a statistic. I know 
agreed. Yes, I, listening. And yeah, what Carl said, being responsible, like with guns and gun ownership is like truly key. <laughs> it's, it's important. And just know, like I said last podcast, um, you do, you could end somebody's life and just make it just happen so quickly. Yeah. So as long as you're being responsible with that firearm, that's what matters the most. And you know what to do with it. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, ladies? My ladies in the corner. Uh, make sure you, if you do get guns, make sure you use them correctly and only when you need to. And remember that we love you and to stay safe. And please, and please, please, please take care of your mental health. Yes. We out. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Bray. Um, uh, Nick, go ahead. You said last. You went up that room. Oh. This topic been really interesting. Thanks for listening. Uh, but make sure to spread the love and enjoy in the community. Uh, Amanda, would you like to go? Um, or you still having a brain fart? No, not anymore. So the best advice I can give you is that whenever you're angry, don't do anything or don't say anything. Calm down first, because anything you do when you're angry, you're gonna end up regretting it later. No. Anyway. You should always eat ice cream. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I love ice cream. Uh, Carissa, go ahead. Well, I would like to end this out by saying gun violence is everyone's responsibility. And if you see something, don't be afraid to say something. Because you could be saving a life. And just have a good day. And yeah, thanks for listening. I'll say it on my so, um, I, again, uh, I, I just really want to reiterate what everybody's been saying. You know, you guys are just, if you're going to be a gun owner, be responsible. Um, you have a very powerful weapon on your hands that can, you know, potentially end a life. So, you know, at the end of the day, be responsible about it, you know, be conscious of others around you and just be safe in general. And don't shoot people with guns. Shoot them with Nerf guns. It's Nerf perfect. guns. I love Nerf guns. Maybe we should all have a Nerf Maybe we should have like a Nerf gun contest later. But okay, anyway. Um, so I just want to say thank you to everybody for always checking in and ending your week with us. Um, um, if uh, you guys can check us out on Google Hangout. Not Google Hangouts. Oh my God. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. Spotify. Um, if not, you can check us out on our website, www.theamanisafespace.com. And um, just give us a shout out, subscribe, rate us. Uh, Bree's looking at me very funny. I don't know what to do with that information. Um, but again, we always appreciate anything you want to say. You want to leave a comment. You can leave a comment on the website, anything. Uh, again, thank you guys for joining us. And we'll check you guys out again next week. See ya.